Hello, everybody. Welcome to On The Cue with DQ here. Um, I am your host, Darius Quisenberry, and today I have a very, very special guest uh, with me today. Uh, somebody who I can actually now call a friend, somebody who actually helped me put this thing together. Um, my, my guy, Bobby C. Welcome, Bobby. Darius, great to see you, and I'm very excited for the podcast. It's awesome to be on with you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And I just, um, you know, honestly, actually, my first question would be, how do you pronounce your last name? Everybody always butchers my last name, and I was looking at your last name. I was like, is, is it Italian? It is Italian, okay. yeah. It's uh, by a vowel, so it's uh, Chiafardini, if you really feel, like, okay. inspired okay. by the Italian. Yeah, like Chiafardini. That. But most people say Chaffardini, which is pretty good. But it's been butchered pretty bad. I think maybe worse, maybe Chef Boyardini. But, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, but other mine, than that, been uh, bad. So I've got Bobby C is the way to go, Darius. Bobby C. Bobby C. I like that. It has a good ring to it, too. It's easy to say. doesn't offend anybody either. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, so you're, you're in a leadership position here at, at the radio station. And a lot of people, when they're in a leadership position, they try to abuse it or... Um, kind of exert their power in a way. Um, and I feel like you do kind of the opposite. You you help kids uh, be successful. You put kids in the right place and all this and that, obviously with uh, launching different things and venues and stuff like that. So um, can you kind of explain to people a little bit of what you do here um, and how you kind of help kids be successful? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. And I really appreciate that too, Darius. You know, my, my mom was a teacher. And, you know, for me, it's it's an honor to be here and to hopefully inspire student athletes and students like yourself to want to be in this business. I think it's an incredible place to be, an incredible job to do. And for me, you know, my goal is to basically lead you to opportunities. I think being in positions of authority or leadership, what that boils down to is being able to present to people like yourself a platform and an opportunity to do things and hopefully to inspire them to to maybe step out of comfort zones and to try new things. I've never felt like being in that kind of position is one where you would want to exert that kind of authority. You know, I think I'm a creator myself. I take a lot of pride in having that blank canvas. And my goal for all of you is to basically do the same thing, you know, present to you that blank canvas mm-hmm. and say you know hey you can you can do this you can step right up and you you start with nothing but you can create something amazing exactly and you know for me my whole life that's kind of what it's been I think as a young person I lost my dad and my mom like I said was a teacher and she just believed in education she believed in creativity and she would encourage me all the time to work through some of the things I was dealing with as a child after losing my dad pretty much through art you know, she put me in art classes, so I had a talent for drawing. I had a talent for poetry. I could write. I think those were all places of expression. And, you know, as I got older, you know, you try to find ways, I guess, to do something that you love that could also be a job, you know, something that you could kind of monetize, right? And, and our artists of the world, it's not so easy to monetize the things that we love and we're passionate about artistically. Mm-hmm. But I love sports, you know, and I think even sports, and I know you'll appreciate this, is kind of a form of art. You know, Absolutely. you play basketball, Absolutely. and it, there's, a, there's an expression to that. You're kind of expressing yourself physically, of course, but there's an artistic value to that. So I played sports as long as I could. I, I think I had success there, uh, and I think that was a way of also kind of working through some difficulties as a young person at the time, you know, 
sports challenges you that way and provides discipline, etc. But, you know, to answer your question, I think that's kind of what the goal is. I think a good person in that kind of a position would want all of the people that are below him in this way, you know, the students that you're mentoring, that they would aspire but also you know have great careers so your success is my success you know i i take almost as much value and pride in that as i do my own individual achievements when i see you you know when i see you win that i played a part in that absolutely and i feel like that's kind of like going to lead into my next question of how like most leaders they they can lead by a voice or lead by example but you lead by example um you know with with a lot of things that you do and I didn't even know you had all this stuff when you, you host, uh, I mean, the the show of Open on NYC with yeah. the Bronx TV. Yeah, and also you NYC, actually host your own Bronx show. Net. Yeah. So, um, and stuff like that. So I, I like to ask you, and we've had conversations, obviously, personally, but um, what what kind of made you want to do that? Did you always want to be a, uh, I mean, sports person and something yeah, like that? Or did you anchor, have a, a, a different dream job? Did you want to? playing the NBA or, you know, you said you just played sports and stuff like that growing up. So did you have a different vision growing up or did you always want to do this? I think most of us when we're young, you know, the first inclination is to be like a pro athlete, (laughs) right? So I loved baseball. I played baseball. And my first, you know, dream was to play for the Yankees. And I played baseball. I mean, that was in my house. My mom was in love with baseball. I mean, our relationship, so much of it, was based on the Yankees and watching games and going to games and reverence for the Bronx Bombers growing up here. You know, she grew up on St. Anne's Avenue, which is in the shadows of Yankee Stadium. My father grew up on on the Grand Concourse, which is, of course, you know, right there where Yankee Stadium is, 161st. And I I think, you know, you... It's so difficult to become a, a major leaguer, right? Even an NBA player, an NFL player, uh, and you play as long as you, as you can and you do as best you can and you enjoy every second of it. And even if you're really exceptional at it, still to become a pro is very, very difficult thing to do. Uh, I have had a knack for, for talking and writing my whole life, and it was my mom actually that said to me, I think you'd make a great sportscaster. You know, mom's no best. So it was something yeah. that later in life, when I got to the high school and college days, because I had done all these artistic things, and that included, you know, being in plays and things like that, shows. And when I went to college, you know, I started to explore that. You know, maybe there's a way to take some of this ability to be out and about and be in the public eye, because I was okay with being on stage kind of thing. It never, never scared me. And could kind of be yourself and be in a role like that, you know, where you could be a sports anchor or a sports broadcaster. So I started to announce the games at my college, just like you guys do. You know, I was doing basketball and I started writing for the campus newspaper. Pretty much all of the things that our students do here that I encourage here were things that I did. Worked for the radio station, the TV station on campus. I got an internship my senior year in college working for RNN TV which is located, you know, Westchester and even further up. At that time, their main hub was in Kingston, New York. Uh, but I was working out of out of Nyack, uh, which is not, not terribly far from here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I started to gain some experience and start to move into working in, into the field and seeing if I could make a career of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like um, I'm going to circle back to, to what you said. Um, 
you said you you lost your father at at, a, at an early age. Um, I was six, yeah, when he passed away. Six, yeah. So you know, lucky for me, I I still my father's still still in my life. But obviously, growing up, we we struggled with a lot of things, money wise. You know what I mean, no, 100%. losing a house, stuff like that. So I understand the struggle, but at the same time, it's different. And I've had plenty of friends where I grew up with and stuff like that who have split parent houses or they they've lost their father. Um, did you did you feel a void that was lost there um, when you were younger and stuff like that? You know that you you felt obviously watching your mom having to kind of play both roles was that motivating That's to you? That's a good point. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I've said that many times. And my mom, unfortunately, she passed in twenty nineteen. But um, I'm sorry for that. Yeah, too, no, it's okay. Way. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. Um, I look back and I, I think a lot about her because, because even teaching, of course, and working in this field every day and, you know, what she was able to accomplish with so many students that would come back and thank her for what she had done for them and hopefully kind of doing the same thing, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she, you know, you hit it, hit the nail right on the head. She was both of my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the stories that I, I used to enjoy telling about about that relationship was, uh, which I guess might speak volumes about maybe some of the writing ability that I had too. Uh, ESPN had had a, a Father's Day contest, mm-hmm. and you know they wanted you to write in and basically, you know, explain your best story with your with your dad. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the stories were kind of very much like you know Field of Dreams esque, right? You know, like you know, hey dad, can we have a catch type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I ended up writing a story about my mom because my mom was my personal catcher, you know, my whole baseball career. You know, for a while I pitched and, you know, I I also was a catcher. She taught me how to play. My mom ran the YMCA here in the Bronx. She was a teacher, but that was her second job. It's funny, my my parents did a YMCA where I was from, too. Yeah, so that was, you know, she taught a lot of my friends in the neighborhood how to play sports. And she was an amazing athlete that I think was too and she was born in 1937 so when she was growing up playing scholastically you know there weren't also a lot of girls teams so she played on a lot of the boys teams and you know she dealt with a lot of the things that you know we're aware of when it comes to the challenges of being I think a a female athlete especially at that time and we're just really starting to turn the corner there but uh, I wrote the story basically about that relationship and you know, they wrote back to me, and it was funny. They said it was, like, arguably the best story they had received. But they weren't going to run with it because it was the only story about, you know, a mom on Father's yeah, Day. Absolutely. But I explained to them, I'm like, you know, there are other people out here yeah. that their fathers are their mothers, mm-hmm. you know, if they don't have that. You know, and that was the thing when she was working in – she worked all around New York City as a teacher and a, a pretty much a guidance counselor or – you know, all of these different roles that she had, after-school programs. And she would go into some of the worst neighborhoods in New York City and underprivileged kids, uh, tough socioeconomic situations. And I look back, Darius, and, you know, she was the mom to these students. Yeah. You know, they looked at her as, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, um, I, I also tell the story about her a lot, you know, this idea of, you know, she wasn't the tallest uh, woman. She was a short lady, petite she was fiery, man. Yeah. You know, and had that Italian. She man. had that. Uh, well, actually, that wasn't even Italian, believe it or not. My dad, my dad's Italian, but oh, okay. yeah, she's a mix of other stuff. But she, she had such a commanding presence, even yeah. for like a diminutive, you know, woman. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure some of that, you know, might be 
the type of profile that you might expect from like let's say a large you know man male yeah. but she commanded that kind of respect you know and uh, one of my favorite stories real quick too is you know one of my friends when I was uh, growing up was uh, orphaned and he was basically living in the Bronx with his mother's sister so his his aunt and his grandfather and uh, you know I was a tough kid you know and it was a little bit younger than me at the time and had grown up in Chicago and now was living in the Bronx and you know a lot of these kids that come from these rough areas you know he was quick to throw fists and make a long story short my mom stopped him one day and she said to him um, I'm gonna put this basketball in your hands and you're not allowed to take your fingers off of it if you take your fingers off this basketball, you're going to have to deal with me, mm. you know, and nobody wanted to deal with yeah. my mom. She was just like, you know, I'm telling you, like it, when people found out that she was my mom working in the school, no one messed with me, <laughs> you know, like and uh, the punchline of the story is he became a division one basketball player yeah. and he had an exceptional high school career, won city championship and then went on to play D1 basketball and. Maybe about 10 years after that, we were living in upstate New York, and he came by the house, and he came by to thank her for everything that she had done for him, you know, basically kind of set him in the right direction and the path. And I think that's what all this stuff is about. You know, you try your best to do things for yourself, but hopefully to do things for others too. Yeah. You know, I think that might be one of the best things about this particular job is, you know, I've, I'm only the fourth person to have this job and the third person was kind of someone that was in interim in between. So there's really only been two people that have had it, let's say, from longevity purposes. So the first is Marty Glickman, who is such a icon in the world of broadcasting. And the second is Bob Ahrens, who was my, my mentor, who was Marty Glickman's best friend. So, you know, you look at somebody like Marty Glickman, who was this amazing broadcaster, you know, ended up being the voice of the Knicks and the Jets and pretty much called every like New York City sport had even done baseball and high school games and marbles everything I mean every sport you can think of and maybe his greatest legacy is the fact that he lives on in all of these broadcasters that have followed after him like he was a mentor for people like Marv Albert and Mike Breen and even Spiro Ditas yeah. who was his last student here at FUV because he was the first broadcasting coach so, you know, I think you if you have the greatest success in life, Darius, it's it's being able to have that stuff carry out and, and the people that you pass it on to. Absolutely. And what I love about the story you just told, it's like you never know how you can affect someone's life. Um, you know, someone you never know what's going on in their life either. Everybody always has their own struggles in life and things they're going through. And you can never just judge a book by its cover because you never know what that person's going through behind closed doors. And um, just how your mom just put the ball in his hands and that, that probably changed that kid's life for, for the rest yeah, of his I mean, life. Stop you know beating mean? up kids. Yeah. You know yeah. Mean? So like that's just something positive to do. The, the little things that we kind of take for granted sometimes, it's like that may be huge for somebody in that moment in their life, in that time in their life. Um, so I think that's, that's a wonderful story. And obviously moms hold a huge part in our life. Um, my mom is my rock. I got her tatted on my rib yeah. and, and everything. You know what I mean? And it's funny that you say that, but I just want to ask, cause my, my favorite meal by my mother is lasagna. And it's funny that's your Italian is her lasagna is the bomb. I, I, every time it I get to go home, right. I just ask her like, please just make your lasagna for me. You know what I mean? So like, 
um, I want to ask you, it may be a little personal, but what if, if your mother was here today, what's the one meal you would love oh, to wow, have That's a good her? question. You know, Darius, I, I, I'm sure it would be food to some degree, but I think it honestly, it would just be having conversations. I love that. You know, um, I, I don't think it matter. It would matter what the food was. I think the thing I miss most about her presence in my life, which would be probably a bit of advice I would give to you because, you know, it's unfortunate to say, but, you know, at some point, our elders, people that we love, mm -hmm. you know, they move on, right? And we're not they're not gonna be with us forever. Yeah. And maybe we don't think like that while we're going through that process, but at some point it will come, you know. So I think that's where understanding the value of the time that you have with people while you have it. And for me, you know, she was the same thing, my rock and someone that I would always call whether I had good news or bad news. Absolutely. And at a certain point, you know, that comes to an end. Um, so breaking bread with somebody that you love, no matter what the meal is, I'm sure the meals are better when it has to do with the, you know, the, the love and the connection and the conversation. But, um, you know, I, I would say she was a pretty good cook. You know, mm -hmm. you, you mentioned the Italian. My mom was not Italian. My yeah. dad was 100 percent Italian. My mom was a mixture of other things, predominantly German, French and Irish. And my mother spoke bo both German and French. Wow. And when I was a little kid, she would. Uh, she wanted to hide something from me, she would mm -hmm. speak in one of those other languages. Nah, and you, I, I speak, speak no, I don't speak oh, okay. any of that stuff, not <laughs> even Italian, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I took Spanish in, in school. But, um, you know, the family's from Alsace-Lorraine. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. That's the place actually where Julia Child is from. Um, so they're known for their cooks and chefs and things like that. And she was a pretty good cook. Um, yeah. But I think is from a single-parent household, a lot of times... You know, we did a lot of like uh, low key things, like going yeah. to get pizza and mm -hmm. and cheeseburgers and stuff. You know, she was working uh, sometimes two full time jobs and taking care of me. And you know, the sacrifices that our parents make. I'm sure your parents and, and even your mom have made a lot of sacrifices. Yeah, lot. And sometimes we don't think about those things until later on, exactly. when we probably when we have our own kids or when we're old enough to have perspective. Yeah, that, that's kind of just. I mean, like. When I was growing up, my mom, we had, I have five brothers and sisters. I'm, I'm the youngest, so she had to stay home with us. And my dad, he had to work three, three, four jobs. He had to coach. He had to work at the school. Then he had to go to a night shift, come back in the morning, wake up. You know what I mean? So you don't realize those things when you're young, you're growing up. You don't realize you're, you don't have money or you don't realize that. You know what I mean? They just, That's a good point. They always never made me feel like I would never have clothes on my back. I would never have a meal to eat at nighttime, even though, Sometimes they would have to skip on meals just so I could eat. Um, and I think you realize and start to appreciate it more when you get older and realize how much they did sacrifice for you um, and stuff like that. And experiences shape us, right? So even the hardest of times are what make us who we are. So I look back at those times and maybe we moved a lot and maybe things were tough economically. But I'm sure it's also what gives me that ability now when things get tough and you know things are going to get tough for exactly. everybody absolutely that you dig down deep and you find that extra 10 percent mm -hmm. and, and speaking of now um you're, you're in a great position you have obviously a great position here and your own uh you know, show and stuff like yeah, that do so, some of this sad um, stuff. yeah i think do, the best teachers are ones that uh, actually do things too so yeah. it gives me some perspective there that i'm still hustling in the business myself that's my point so are you comfortable in the position that you're in right now or are you still trying to climb that ladder to get to another point another point uh you know what i mean like a announcer for the yankees yeah. or knicks or stuff like that do you you know what I mean do you have uh That's still a goals to get to yeah i would yourself? say you should always have you know 
big dreams and aspirations and if some of those things were to come together I would definitely explore them you know even during my time here I was a finalist for one of the Brooklyn Nets jobs a final four for the job um, you know which is pretty cool you know and I think Absolutely. even going through the motions of that was something exciting because again I could provide perspective to the students you know what that process is like you know interviewing with the general manager interviewing with yes network producers auditioning multiple times you know and I don't look at those things believe it or not Darius as failures I look at them more as and I've said this to many of my students it's someone basically telling you that you're talented enough to be in the you know industry in the equation so what the problem is with this is just like playing basketball I mean there's only so many roster spots Mm -hmm. and there's only so many people that can start Absolutely. And you know this, and many basketball teams, especially in the NBA, that probably have one or two players on the bench that could easily start somewhere, if exactly. not on that team, somewhere Absolutely. else. So spots are difficult. Opportunities are difficult to come by. You know, I guess to answer your question, I think, you know, yeah, of course, always have big dreams and, and look towards the possibility of other things, but at the same time very happy and comfortable with what I'm doing here. And I think I will always teach even if I continue to have other opportunities elsewhere. You know, and I think the beauty of Fordham and FUV is that they've actually allowed me the flexibility to do that because they realize that it's almost like on-the-job training elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, again, I'm I'm not preaching to you guys about things that I'm not actually doing. Exactly. You know, leading so by example. leading by example that way, and I'm in the industry, it also helps with relationships and I think those are all pluses. It's just a question of whether or not, you know, you can find the happy medium of doing some of those things but also being available to the students that you teach. And I like to think I've been able to find that sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, that's pretty much all I have for you today. And I appreciate you for for being an example for me and a mentor to me. Of course, Darius. You've got a lot of natural talent. Excited about your future. To show guys, Elaine, not only me but other people in WFUV, um, and you're obviously just a, not only a tremendous man, but uh, a mentor to me and a friend. Ah, thanks, so, man. Uh, thank I love watching you play basketball. Yeah, yeah. I love listening to you, too. Definitely come to, to some games, and maybe I can uh, announce a girls game with you sometime uh, or something like that cool. or with Ryan. So, yeah, no, it'd be cool. Uh, that, that'd be great, and I appreciate you for everything you do for me. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Darius.